Hi, I'm Scott. Hi, I'm Casey, and this is Frequent Flighters, a podcast curated by two people with a passion for local beer, wine, and other extracurriculars who tour all the tasting scene has to offer, ordering flights from independent brewers, winemakers, or whatevers throughout greater San Diego, an epicenter for craft beverage culture. While America's finest city may host more than its fair share of festivals, it's rare to find one where unlimited cocktails, liqueurs, and shots of every type of spirit under the sun are included in the price of admission. In this episode, we found ourselves shaking things up at the 13th annual San Diego Spirits Festival, which recently relocated to the newly renovated Museum of Contemporary Art in La Jolla. All right, so what made you want to attend the San Diego Spirits Festival? Well, honestly, I had heard of the festival before. I was intrigued by it. I was actually intrigued by the fact that there are unlimited cocktails provided, which I thought, how can people sustain themselves during even four hours of such a spectacle? Yeah, call a cab or an Uber, I guess, nowadays. Seriously. So I was really kind of excited to possibly go to this event. And lo and behold, I won some tickets for us. La Jolla by the Sea, a fantastic handle I follow on Instagram. They tell us about everything going on in La Jolla, events, new openings, new art, new food to eat. Yeah, follow La Jolla by the Sea. They will let you know what is happening. I won tickets from that lovely handle, so thank you to those fine folks for allowing me to attend this festival. I was also really wanted to get into the Museum of Contemporary Art, actually. So. Yeah, it had been closed for a really long time. And yeah, I just was excited of the about the idea of trying some fine spirits, enjoying some art at the same time in a beautiful setting like La Jolla. I mean, and I was surprised. Like a win-win. There- there was an Andy Warhol in there. Not to name drop, but that's a pretty big deal. There was a lot of really, really beautiful art in there. I was excited to enjoy that aspect of the festival. And there were so many things to try. There was different booths and different spirit providers in different rooms throughout the museum, both indoors and outdoors. So it was kind of fun to roam around and just try exciting new things you've never even heard of before. Yeah, and it's different than your typical wine or beer festival, right? Where you're only going to get so many variations of the beer. You're you're only going to get red, white, sure. rosé of wine. But in spirits, it's like a literally a different world where you're going to have tequila, rum, vodka, liqueurs, every single spirit you can think of. It was there. Yes, I guess, you know, one may go and say, oh, I just want to try rums or I just want to try fine tequilas. I mean, I guess you could tackle the festival with a particular approach, but I just kind of wanted to just try things I had never seen before. So that's kind of what my approach was. And it was somewhat overwhelming, but also really exciting to have a lot of choices. It was overwhelming, but you know what? They had just as many water stations that as they great. did liqueur. So it wasn't like you were forced to just only drink you And know, they had liquor. nice light bites for you as well. So it was easy to keep yourself hydrated and keep yourself fed in a way that you would be able to enjoy these things responsibly and in a way that would have you feeling good later. Right. And what an amazing view. Yeah. There was a lot of things to like about this festival. Pretty great fest, if you ask me. So what were some of your favorites at the festival? Oh, gosh, there was some really exciting things. For instance, there was a lovely lady I talked to from Mixed Up Cocktails, which is a fine craft cocktail outfit out of New Mexico. They're actually called Toad Creek. They're a distillery and uh, winery as well and brewery. So, um, yeah, I love their products. We actually tried some local San Diego products, too. I liked the um, First Light Coffee Whiskey. That was a fun local San Diego product that I learned about at the fest. 
I also enjoyed the uh, Curious Juniper Gourmet Cocktail Mixers. That's a local San Diego company. I got to try a great cocktail of theirs using their, one of their lavender syrups, and I love me some lavender. So yeah, that was a lovely thing to learn about, a lovely company to find. For sure. And some of the standouts for me, just in general, one was Tahoe Blue Vodka, and it's made with Tahoe water, which I thought was unique. And they use like a blend of sugarcane, grapes, and corn to distill their vodka. Also, just as like a plus, they donate a portion of of their proceeds to help preserve Lake Tahoe and keep Tahoe blue, as they say, which I thought was pretty cool. That's a nice thing. Another standout, just in terms of the presentation as well, was this booth that was giving out snow cones served with a liqueur on top, and it was the Chinola booth. And Chinola is this artisanal passion fruit liqueur. Uh, it's only 21%, but it's a state grown and handcrafted in the Dominican Republic, and it was an extremely tasty snow cone. But even though those were worth mentioning, uh, while we tasted a ton of great coffee, cocktails and different types of hard alcohol. Really the spirit of this podcast, pun intended, is to highlight small businesses, right, based in San Diego. So you had already mentioned a couple and you mentioned the simple syrups, the local coffee, whiskey. Of course, a Cutwater Spirits was there, but we all already know and love them, right? We had even recorded an episode earlier this year dedicated to their craft spirits and canned cocktails already. We also tried a ton of excellent tequilas like Addictivo from Old Town Tequila, which is like this famous tequila store boasting one of the like the largest selections in the world. But what was our standout? Because we both agreed on what our favorite local business there was. Well, we learned of Storyhouse Spirits, which is actually a craft distillery located in the East Village that neither of us had been to before. We'd never tried their products. We were excited to find yet another local San Diego craft business there. And so that's who we decided to kind of profile based on our experience with them at this festival. And we didn't even go there thinking that we were going to do an episode. We honestly, you won tickets like you said, and we wanted to go there for fun. It was like a Sunday fun day activity, but we were really inspired. And I don't know if you remember the same thing that I remember, but we first tried their cocktail that they were giving out. So not only did they have like a spirit lineup you could try, but every booth typically had a cocktail just to show and prove what you could mix with their spirit. Storyhouse Spirits was serving rookie season. It was this cucumber, lemon, vodka, dill, Uda V, lime, salted cucumber cocktail that was just like phenomenal. And we both not only looked at each other like wow this is the best cocktail so far but it was like lo and behold they're local and yeah. we were we were inspired we, we continue to circle the the venue and try a bunch of different people but we kept going back there <laughs> and we ended up trying every single thing that they had we kept stopping back by there and yeah ended up trying um, most of the lineup and the first one in their lineup was the seaside vodka which uh, i learned later was made with a uh, local barley and wheat obviously because it's vodka it's clear in appearance the aroma for me was really nice it had like this pure cane sugar sweet aroma and they actually described it as having an icing aroma which I thought was super accurate mm, but it, it's just super easy drinking it was crisp clean virtually tasteless a little to no bite whatsoever but on the finish you definitely got a bit of that grain on the palate great vodka for any mixer what did you think I thought it was a really beautiful, mellow flavor, had a bit of salinity to it for me, where maybe I just imagined that possibly because it's called Seaside Vodka, but it had a great body, great mouthfeel, a lovely local vodka. 
Yeah, the next one was much better though. The cucumber and lemon vodka. It was distilled from California grown red winter wheat, I learned later, and obviously infused with uh, cucumber and some Buddha's hand citron, which I didn't know at the time, but I thought that was interesting later. Cool. Uh, another one that's clear in appearance. The aroma for me uh, surprisingly was a bit piney, but the taste was right on. I got a citrus, like lemon lime soda sort of flavor. The finish was smooth, cool cucumber. I thought it would be a great vodka for like a mild Bloody Mary. You know, like sometimes hair of the dog Bloody Mary, you don't want it too spicy, right? Mm. And so I thought it would be cool if it was just like a mellow, a mellow Bloody Mary. Yeah, I thought this was a really aromatic vodka. It was really bright in flavor. Like you mentioned, those beautiful citrus notes that I was getting from it. I got those as well. Perfect for a cocktail with deep flavor. Um, Yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah, it was great. And then we moved on to the gins. And the first one we tried was a California coastal gin. This one distilled with juniper and other floral botanicals and infused with citrus and cucumber. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all pretty much clear in appearance until we get to the bourbons and whiskeys. But the aroma was citrus peel. It had an, a bitter orange flavor, which I really liked, and this peppery spice on the finish. In terms of aromatics, it didn't have a lot of juniper going for it, but I got it. It was there, just as it is traditionally, I suppose. It had a lot of citrus notes, and I think the gentleman that sampled it for us told us that there was three types of citrus that they used to boost the aromatics and brightness of flavor, and it was a real standout for me. I enjoyed that one quite a bit. The next gin that we tried was the California Dry Gin, which I thought was more traditional to other gins that I've had in the past. Kind of like a London-style dry gin. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. This one, again, distilled with juniper, California citrus, and other botanicals, clear in appearance. Had a very fresh, woodsy, like evergreen aroma for Mm me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very bright, fruity lemon flavor and a very dry floral finish. It was very smooth. The botanicals were sort of muted for me. It was easy drinking, but not as pleasant on the palate as the California Coastal, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. They're both good, but the Coastal was better. Mm -hmm. And then we moved on to the bourbon. This one was a straight bourbon whiskey aged for a minimum of two years. Amber in appearance had a very caramel, malty aroma. Um, I actually got some tobacco notes, which I wasn't expecting and a smoky finish. Yeah, this one had a lot of texture to it in terms of mouthfeel. It was mellow, but also really rounded in flavor, pleasantly toasty, not too sweet. I don't like bourbons because they're a little sweet for me typically, but this one was yummy. And then we moved on to the last one at the booth, which was a straight rye whiskey. rye whiskey. uh, Aged for a minimum of two years again, and then a little bit longer in their Cabernet barrels from their sister winery, which I thought was pretty cool. This one had a beautiful burnt orange appearance, very spicy spicy notes on the nose. It was definitely smooth though. And you did get a bit of that oak from the Cabernet barrels Mm -hmm. uh, and a nice warm, like golden raisin finish, which I really liked. Yeah, I like that. I got those raisiny notes too. They were yummy. Yeah, this had a lot of nuance of flavor to me, sort of some beautiful coffee notes, chocolate notes. I got some cinnamon spice notes. As you noted, it had a really beautiful color. I sort of said it had a reddish honeyed color, sort of rustic mouthfeel and texture. Yeah, I think the time in the Cabernet barrels really imparted some extra richness to it. It was tasty. I like that special treatment. I enjoyed that rye a lot. And we enjoyed the whole event a lot. It was a ton of fun. We mm-hmm. learned a ton of things, not only about the vendors and the spirits and the different simple syrups and all the different tequilas, but also the art. The people were very warm and friendly and sharing information about the craft and how passionate they are about it. The scenery was great. The food was great. Oh yeah, I the loved, food. It was amazing. I love that they, like you said, that they 
provided water at every turn for you. If you needed a, a bottle of water, you were you were good to go. So you there was really no danger of you feeling crappy later on unless you were gonna act a fool. And, and yeah, they had we that, felt great. And another fun vendor was those uh, hangover like gelatin. Yes, it's called the Easy Tomorrow Stick Ultimate Recovery Formula. This is a Korean dietary supplement, mango flavor. It's actually a gel in a little stick packet, and you simply just rip the top off, chew the gel. It's like a gogurt. And it sort of has it has some anti-inflammatory herbs in it and some other things that are supposed to protect your liver and help you feel good after you've done some drinking. I said, does this stuff really work? And the gentleman that was handing me my little sample packet said, I drank three bottles of soju last night and I'm here talking to you right now. So that sounds like it works, ladies and gents. Yeah. And, you know, shout out to the San Diego Spirits Festival. Definitely really will cool go event. back. I yes. hope they keep it at the Contemporary Museum of Art in Me La Jolla. Me too. Behave yourselves, people, so we can go back there again. It was a good time. And even after, you know, being inside for a while, there was plenty to do outside. And there was even some art installations. Live music outside, art installations outside. Obviously, nice people to talk to at every booth. But most importantly, in my opinion, was we learned about more local businesses that we didn't know about That's before. Right. And we were inspired a bit later to actually go visit Story House at their location near Petco Park, perfect location, pregame before a Padres game or maybe spilling out of the uh, park that would be fun. and going there after for food. They had really good food there. The menu was good. And when we went there, though, we noticed that they still had another gin, which actually wasn't available at the booth that day at the Spirits Festival. So we decided to give it a try. And it was this limited release summer hibiscus gin. And mm. it was so good. It's made with citrus, hibiscus, and what they referred to on their website as a summer blend of botanicals and uh, you know clear in appearance but the aroma was just this fresh citrus i got some grapefruit the taste mm. was very zesty and a nice floral lavender finish yeah i like the word zesty that was something that came to mind for me too when i tried it it was beautifully floral zesty i thought it was going to be kind of sweet it was not sweet in any way it was a very fun rendition of a gin it had a beautiful lingering finish i can see you subbing that in on a lot of different fun cocktails it would be fun it was delish it was and we went back for the rookie season too which again was that really tasty cocktail that attracted us to them in the first place they were out of cucumber when we first got there so we were forced to we tried different things expand instead. our horizons i tried the lanakai horizon uh, which had some seaside vodka mango simple syrup a uh, sweet vermouth luxardo firewater bitters lime mm -hmm. salt it was very tasty it was like a different version of a margarita but yeah. it was obviously made with vodka i liked it and i had a hibiscus gin and tonic and they used the summer hibiscus gin and a version of a, a hibiscus agua fresca that they make there and it was refreshing not too sweet lightly effervescent it was yummy it was a good time yeah both cocktails were good yours was definitely better than had mine had a beautiful flower on the top it was lovely and we also noticed that they had some liqueurs of their own there and they when we did. asked the bartender he kind of played it down saying that they weren't ready for for uh, retail quite yet, but for they were kind enough. Sale. Yeah, yeah, they were kind enough to let us try it, and they even recommended to put some ice in there to open it up a bit. But one of them was.
was a cherry liqueur and then the other one was like a creme de violet liqueur yes. which i honestly have never really heard of but i'm sure it's available other places it is available other places i i don't think i had ever had any before it was so tasty and i like wanted to guzzle a bottle of it and i want to get a hold of a bottle of it and i would recommend it so get a cocktail made with that when you go there the cherry one was more of a cinnamon flavor for me it had a muted flavor to me yeah, yeah i like the violet one better as well they're only going to get better yes they're changing their cocktails all the time they're very creative with their cocktails the bartending staff was really friendly they were like tell us what you like tell us what you'd like to try we'll whip something up for you that's not on the menu so yeah if you want something custom made for you they can do that too very exciting well that was the final pour for this episode of the frequent flighters podcast thanks for listening and we hope we made you thirsty for another in the near future until next time have a safe flight